Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original film in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 157th film. It's the 2019 science fiction adventure film, Rim of the World. It's directed by McGee. It stars Jack Gore, Maya Chech, Benjamin Flores Jr. and Alessio Scalzotto. I am Jesse and I am here with MJ. How are you? I'm good, Jesse. I'm good. We were just saying before, how we've got a we've got a nice day in Melbourne. We've sort of come out of a well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Coming out of a pretty cold winter, and we're in spring now, and we've got a nice day. So I'm in a good mood, and I get to talk to you about movies. Yeah, and I um, you know, the, the weather's been good. I've been allowed outside. Um, last time we recorded, <laughs> I was sort of trapped inside for uh, two weeks because of a an exposure site. But uh, yeah, I am being able to enjoy this nice weather, which has also been good. Well, I, I was well aware that the first day that you were allowed out was an absolute shocker. I almost messaged you on the day to be like, have you just enjoyed being running around, jumping in puddles and trying to... Did you go out that day? Yeah, I sure did. I, I had every intention of going out no matter what. I said I was going to lie out in the rain if I needed to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was. Uh, I managed to get in and out. Got a little bit wet at times, but uh, yeah, definitely outside to enjoy some um, fresh air. It was a shocking day. It was, but good weather coming up and maybe a good film, which we're going to talk about. We'll, we'll see what we think, but we do start off with our fast flicks where we do a quick little summary of the film. So hit us off with your fast flicks for Rim of the World. It's funny. I I, we, I didn't know anything about this film going into it. And if someone had have given me this fast flicks, my fast flicks is after an alien invasion infiltrates the earth, it's up to four misfit kids on a summer camp to save the world. I'd be like, where do I sign? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, uh, that's very hard to go any different because I've just said it's a bunch of kids <laughs> <laughs> that need to deliver a key to save the world from an alien invasion. Uh, I I do remember when this came out, this uh, got quite a bit of publicity uh, and I did have it on my watch list on Letterboxd um, from when it came out and uh, we were well and truly started the podcast by now. So yeah. I think I just held off and was like, yeah, we'll get there. I genuinely, like the name really rings a bell, but I, I really don't remember this film. And even seeing the key art and obviously watching the film, it doesn't ring any bells to me. So I don't know. I've obviously heard of it. I, it something something was out there in the in the world for me to know about it. Good. Well, what did you find out in the, the world about how this was put together? I, I'm, I don't have anything too exciting for this one. So um, Zach Stentz is the writer. Um, he's done quite a lot of lot of writing gigs but he started working on the script as early as 2017 uh it was basically his his modern take on the the kid-centered action films of the 1980s so sort of think the goonies or et or and even stand by me and those sorts of films um and then about a year later a deal with netflix took place uh and then by by march of 2018 mcg was was on board to direct and then a few months later in june the principal photography had begun lasted about 40 days and they made a film. So Netflix was on, on board really, really early, which is cool. Uh, obviously, they did The Babysitter with McGee. Um, very, very similar kind of uh, tones to this sort of film. So you can see where they were really trying to hit with it. Um, I did find out it was it was the most watched piece of content on Netflix in the UK the week that it was released. Uh, and that's, that's overtaking uh, the series Dead to Me and Riverdale. So they're pretty big, big Netflix programs. So... Don't know why the UK was so big on this one, but um, obviously it did some good stuff for them. Yeah, um, I, a lot of the stuff I, I read multiple interviews with um, Stents, the the writer, um, like you mentioned, 
before and he gave a variety of, of quotes that sort of give us a little bit more an insight, I guess, into this film. And like you mentioned, that modern sort of take on an 80s film where he thought, you know, I've got to get rid of their smartphones straight away um, and make sure they don't have a GPS and then let them run from there. So that, that was his sort of idea of, of enabling that to happen, I guess. And a bit about the budget too. He, he saved, he says they saved most of the budget um, for the few big action sequences that we see. So they flipped a Humvee um, onto that school bus and there's this big explosion and he said they did 30,000 bucks worth of damage to Universal Studios' backlot by blowing out all the windows as well. So um, <laughs> it's it, it was ni- it cost 19 million bucks to make. So I don't know if you, you saw the budget there. Um, so similar films that, that have been made, for, well, not even similar films, but films that have been made for 19 million bucks. We go back to the 80s and we look at like The Shining. So not really a, a modern comparison, but then you, you think about these films that have all been sort of the last 10 years or so. And you've got The Book Thief, Gone Baby Gone, Take Me Home Tonight with um, the guy from that 70s show, Sausage Party, animated film, Bad Teacher, scary movies. So a lot of comedies or low action sort of dramas, I guess. And this is sort of a, a, a film that does have quite a few special effects, I guess. So um, for 19 million bucks, not too bad. Yeah, it's a really good point. Um, $19 million when you hear it straight away is feels very, very low. But to be honest, some of those films that you named have done pretty well. But again, no special effects. So well done to the team. The, the other thing you mentioned, and this is one of those uh, all-time sort of things that we see with Netflix where you said the crazy thing about Netflix is when the deals are closed, there aren't 10 more drafts with everyone giving notes. They're like, okay, go make it. So <laughs> and, and another another quote that we see that's very similar to a lot of other directors uh, of films we've, we've covered. And that's why Netflix has so many films coming out every single week. Correct. Uh, I, I had a look at the translations for this. So Rim of the World in English. In Brazil and France, it's called End of the World. So very similar. Greece, Hungary, Poland and Russia. It was called Edge of the World. So again, not too far away from the English translation. Then we started getting a little bit, um, a little bit different. So in Mexico, it was called Camp at the End of the World. Yeah, okay. That's, I don't right. know if it was the end of the world, but sure. Spain, it was just called Alien Camp. So yeah, <laughs> sure, we'll, we'll go with that. And then um, Vietnam, it was called World Belt. So I don't know, it um... brings up like a WWE title belt or something. I don't know what was going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the old belt. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that works uh, somewhere. <laughs> the last bit, I'll, <laughs> the last bit I'll add in here, the tagline. So the tagline for this one, um, and I think this one's pretty gross. It's saving the world is alien to them. Oh, yuck. <laughs> yeah, nah. I'm pretty lenient when it comes to taglines, but I don't love this one. No, nah, me either. Uh, I guess yeah. We, we've spoken. So this came out in May 2019 on Netflix filmed in California, and I did get a percentage match for this one, which I haven't had in a while. Did you? So did I. Oh, what did you get? I got 69%, which is pretty low for me. Um, I, I just generally don't get low ones. Maybe uh, Netflix is still trying to figure me out. So 69%, I wasn't too excited about. What did you get? 75 so not too far off. So still, in, it's still fairly like high-ish though, but yeah, not in those yeah. 80s and 90s that you want to see. I watched another movie the other night on Netflix um, just in general, and I got a percentage match for that one as well. And I wonder if it's something that, that they're really focusing on is bringing back the percentage match because I swear it went missing for a long time. It sure did. It sure did, yeah. And I, this is um, the, the second time in not too long that I've got one. So mm. I think we can talk about the consensus now. Where What are, what are people saying about this film? To be honest, it's it's not great. <laughs> it's... Um, 
It's sitting at a 5.2 out of 10 on IMDb off of 23,000 ratings and a pretty miserly 2.2 out of 5 on Letterboxd, just over 10,000 ratings. So not a big Letterboxd kind of film. I don't, doesn't surprise me. Um, and some of the reviews that I skimmed just just hated it. Uh, and even if you just look at the graph, it certainly is, is heavy towards those zero one star ratings. So it's not a, not a great... Not a great consensus from what I can gather. Nah, same for Rotten Tomatoes. The, the critics had it at 27%. That was only on Ooh. 15 reviews, though. So it sits at Rotten, but 15 is not a lot. Um, there were more yeah. audience members on Rotten Tomatoes. So there was more than 250, and, and that sits at 48%. So still on that Rotten end as well. Um, yeah, well, what are your early thoughts on this? Did you like it? Did you not? <laughs> Firstly, I, I can't imagine reviewers writing home about this one so i'm not surprised about that 27 uh for me yeah i liked it um i got i got those really giddy feels early on um when i when the structure of the plot started to sort of formulate in my head and these are the sort of times where generally i'll, I'll send you a message when i'm watching a movie completely unrelated and i just get excited about it i think i did it when i was watching fear street for the first time i just started messaging you because i just wanted to talk about how excited i was about the prospect of the plot so I, I, I got excited early on. I thought it was obviously very lowbrow. It was fun. It was a, a silly adventure with tons of movie references and it never once really took itself too seriously. But I mean, there were, there were holes and there were lots of holes, particularly around, I think, the characters' backstories and their motivations and, and certainly a few eyebrow-raising scenes. It probably slowed the movie down from where I was hoping it would go, but, uh, but I still liked it. So for me, like, Kids talking lots, going to camp and riding bikes. It doesn't mean it's an 80s inspired film. You can't just say it's inspired by the 80s because we included these things. Uh, I think the the blandness and the unoriginality of this was a pretty boring watch um, and I'm quite disappointed. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> it was such a structured first line. I knew I knew you were going to go hit it hard. Uh, I always leave it too obvious, don't I? <laughs> like hang on hey jesse's rehearsed this one <laughs> i needed to make sure I, I worked hard on that line too so uh, yeah um yeah let's uh let's get into this because i'm excited to hear <laughs> what you enjoyed about this one uh let's look at some characters start us off with alex yeah look as i said the character i actually struggled with most of the characters but obviously so we got we got alex um he's obviously plagued by the death of his father of which his lack of courage is, is kind of largely the reason why his dad died, which is really brutal. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's basically he's basically an outcast with kids his own age. He spends no time outside. So th- this story was rife for development for him. Uh, and that's why the tone and the self-awareness of the film has to work because we know we're coming from a long way back with this kid's arc and that's half the fun in it. Um, it's not realistic, but it's, it's a generally predictable arc that we get with him. Um, and... and for me, I guess I'm not here for his development and his arc because I kind of know what's coming. And I know we're going to go from, from zero to 100 by the end of the film. It's going to be great. And you're going to sit there and go, well, how the hell did he get there? But you, you're kind of here for that lighthearted and comical adventure. And I guess that adds to it in, in, in some respect. I don't have an awful lot to add because like, there's not a lot to him. It's like he's got this connection with his mum because of the trauma of losing his dad. And, you know, obviously you need kids in films to have an arc and you know he overcomes his fears well done clap clap okay next character (laughs) (laughs) it's that's fair i i think there was and look we're probably going to even get more and more into the issues i have with characters with uh the rest of them so we got darius um 
he really annoyed me at the start. He was way too over the top. Um, and I slowly started to find him funny. And, and now I think that if I rewatched this, I'd actually be on board with him from the very start. But that's where my head was at. I, I could totally see Darish being the most irritating character going around in movies for some people. But one thing that bothered me with him is I don't understand why they had to make his dad go to jail and have his family lose all their money. I don't know if that was sort of to make him more like relatable or make us care about him a bit more, but the movie itself didn't really need it. I mean, he was who he was. These guys are all stereotypes anyway. I mean, any opportunity to dig deeper in any of the characters' lives actually fell pretty flat for me. Yeah, I mean, they could have had his growth as a character by him actually being a part of the team and doing the, the team the team ethos and, and coming around and working out that he's got some friends that aren't, idiots i guess and you know mm-hmm. but like you mentioned he he was that comedic relief that you see in films um and for me yeah he was not funny one little bit uh, <laughs> he, was, he was the most painful character in this film and he I, when i was going back over my notes from this film it, almost every piece of dialogue that he had i was swearing in my notes i was like dropping f-bombs and all sorts of stuff so um yeah i cannot wait then to hear your scenes that you didn't like because I, I found this movie funny at times, but I didn't write anything down. And then I was trying to retrace my steps about what I laughed at. I couldn't remember. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to hearing the things that you didn't like. Because you'll like them, I reckon yeah. I'll be back on board with it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next up, we got Jen Jen. I, I, I felt a little bit misguided by this character and, and definitely let down by her reasoning for being at Rim of the World Camp. I was, I was kind of hoping for some big reveal about why she was there and why she wasn't talking and what her true goal in all of this was, but none of it really comes in any way. So I mean, once we got to settle into the, the, the sort of smart, calculated and even team playing Zhen Zhen, I liked her, but she's kind of clouded in mystery that didn't really need to have any mystery at the start. It, it was, it sort of hurt the ability to, to get into this character. Yeah, I mean, they obviously the the creators of this film said, "Oh yeah, we've signed with Netflix, so we can put stuff in here that's going to offend China because we're not going to get a release there anyway." Because realistically, this idea that of this one China policy where a one child policy where you know she left home because dad wanted a boy, and then later mm-hmm. on in the film they refer to her as you know they're going through those stereotypes and like, "Oh, you're an orphan." I'm like, she's not an orphan; mm-hmm. her dad's still alive; he just doesn't want her. So, um, I, I liked her switched onness. And I liked yeah. her ability to remain calm and, and just focus on what was going on because we needed that um, cool-headedness with Alex who didn't have that confidence to start with and Darish who was sort of too brash and over the top. So she sort of complemented the two of them quite well. But, yeah, at the same time, um, I just feel like they didn't give the service to to her as a, a female um misrepresented character that we could have seen a lot more positive things from. Yep. I think you nailed that. Couldn't agree more. One last one. Go for it. Gabriel. Um, yeah. I was actually similarly let down by Gabriel's backstory reveal as well. I mean, when it was as simple as I broke out of juvie for what was effectively an anger management issue that he has. And look, he gets a little bit punchy, which isn't great, but it, it felt dull and obvious. And I think I was secretly hoping that, you know, he was part alien or something, or he knew what was going on. There was there was something there that I was really let down by. I mean, either way, he's he's a good dude, had a good sense of morals, sticks up for his mates, puts the puts the team first. He fit he fit into what they needed for the film. He was the uh, like the, the River Phoenix type, good looking bad boy who was you know still just a good boy and 
you know, was always there for his mates, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they, I felt that same feeling. So they set his introduction up as if there was something more to him that wasn't just that, you know, yeah, he, he beat up someone at his mum's work sort of thing. Uh, mm. I think I liked him the most out of all of the, the kids though. Uh, I enjoyed that, um, this calculator, the, the inability to, to read numbers. And I think that that mm. played a key part in his story. So um, that was that were the parts of the film that I did feel anxious and feel um, on board with this kid wanting him to succeed. So I think they did a good job in, in that for me. They basically had everyone who they set up a really specific fear. Mm. And in the last 10 minutes, they all confront those fears, yeah. you know, very, very front on, but very, uh, very deliberate as well. I think was um alex's it was like literally exactly the same situation as what he's yeah so it was um yeah it was it was what it was all right we we move on to the director mcgee have you got any comments on him because i know that you like the babysitters films i like them both yeah um and i think i I, what i like about what he does is obviously he's got that self-referential sort of tone to the way he makes films but there's a lightness and a funness to it and his ability to not take a film seriously and still take you on a journey he's all about the adventure i think um and it kind of works on me i i I think he does it really well i think this story had a ton of holes in it and holes that like probably could have been fixed with just a little bit more thought and care like a lot of the things we just spoke about then with the characters i think you really put your mind to it. You, you can clean this up and, and tidy it up and it works a lot better. But from his perspective, he kind of just like probably just punched out what was on the script and did it in his own style. And I, I kind of like that style. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't disagree with you. Um, I think, you know, I think we mentioned when we did the babysitter a long, long time ago that, you know, he's done those Charlie's angels films, which have a similar sort of kick-ass sort of action um, ability to them. And just some recent stuff. He's been doing a lot of, executive producing work that new turner and hooch remake television series on disney plus and mm. he's um directing like the pilot for a, a true lies tv show um so i'm <laughs> very intrigued because true lies is one of my favorite movies so i'm very intrigued with that, that would be it's fun. not very mcgee no. from a tone perspective either so mm. whether whether he branches out um or whether he brings it into the yes. mcgee universe, universe. Which is intriguing. <laughs> mcgee universe let's never use that again um <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk about some scenes what did you enjoy in this one so there, there was one there was one scene that i i belly laughed like i don't know why but it got me i was watching this on my own no one no one was even in the house with me and i still laughed out loud and and it's not that funny but it was so funny <laughs> is when alex and his mum were singing ain't no mountain high enough and then <laughs> And then you realise that everyone was watching them. I do, I didn't see it coming, and I should have seen it coming. But they're doing this, hey, no man, and then everyone's just looking at them like, "What the hell?" Are you I don't know why, but I just found that so funny. Did you find um, it funny when he was seeing it later and he was watching the memories of his dad dying as well? Or? <laughs> No, oh, okay. but at least I had the context of the song. <laughs> <laughs> um, the only time I can remember that I laughed is when they're running away from the alien really early on 
and Darius said, at what point do we trip Zhen Zhen and keep running? I just thought that was funny too, because at that point, they didn't think she spoke English, so they could butt against her. Not great, but I just thought it was funny. Um, the, the other things I want to mention, I loved I loved all the references to, to basically other movies and like really blatant references, but it was, it was showing people that we're having fun with movies. We know we are a movie uh, and, and we're trying to appeal to movie lovers. And I... I I probably started counting maybe a bit late, but I, I counted references to Jurassic Park, E.T., Alien, Gladiator, It, Silence of the Lambs, The Purge, Wolverine, Marley and Me, Beethoven, John Wick, Star Wars, Star Trek, I guess as well, Straight Outta Compton and Rocketman, all like blatant references. And I, I just, I enjoyed it. Sue me. I'll just put in here that I hated all of them. Um, and I've got, I, listed, <laughs> I, I literally did the same thing and listed all the same things. Um, the one that really threw me over the edge was Cujo because th- they became tiresome. The, every joke that he made about a film just became tiresome. And the idea that this kid who lives a privileged life, who's too concerned about his fashion and his looks that he, that he's seen all these films just made no sense whatsoever to me. Oh, geez, that- didn't bother me one bit. Oh, with, that, that, with it really annoyed me. Every, every comment, like, you know, when you make a reference to Buffalo Bill and then talk about Hannibal Lecter later on, like the idea that these kids have seen Science of the Lambs just does not, did not make one little bit of sense to me at all. Um, this, I mean, this, the, there the, should be things that bother you way more than that about this. <laughs> the, the Wakanda, the Wakanda sticker on the bike, I get that. That's cool. But that when you're talking about Leonardo DiCaprio inside a bear, like these kids, oh, God, yeah, come on, give it, give it a rest. Like, and you know, the, the Star Wars, Star Trek thing really, really shat me. Um, like, sorry, that's a, it's a William Shatner joke. That shat me. Um, but it was just not good. Not good. Anyway, sorry, keep it's going. It's for the audience though. The audience can enjoy it. Like, like, that's the thing. We get all the references and that's what it's all about. I don't care if Darius has watched, you know, Silence of the Lambs. Or I don't care if he's watched The Revenant, but um fair enough look the only other thing i wanted to mention was was the ending i got i got chills in the ending when they all got out of the uh they all got out of the bloody master center whatever you want to call it and uh yeah got it it got i was happy i got my adventure concluded i I agree the the conclusion they did bring it all to all the things they'd set up earlier they did bring together quite nicely at the end but five minutes of a 90 minute film um yeah anyway all right (laughs) i I actually did like some things in this so they're good the Jurassic Park scene in the kitchen, well, the, right. that, that was that was cool. That, that was cool just to look at and be like, I get where they're going with this. That was cool. Yeah. Um, when they they go to um, Gab's house for that night where they need some rest and they sort of have um, a bit of a, a discussion between the boys about who should sleep on the couch and who should share the bed with uh, Zen Zen and, or Zhen Zhen. And um, I just thought it was really cute when like he gets in bed and like she holds his hand and was like, you know, I'm glad it was you. I just, I just liked that connection mm-hmm. between the two. I thought that was cute. Um, it was cute. Gab drawing that alien into the pool. I thought that was a, that was a cool little trick and a cool little clever. thing that, yeah. to do. It was clever. And uh, when they're in the shopping mall and Nelly's hot in here, I played. I was like that. Cause it's a cool song. <laughs> <laughs> this yeah. is great because you, you didn't like this film. I did like this film. Two of the scenes I didn't like were two of the scenes that you liked. Good. All right. Fill us in on the ones you didn't like. Well, I didn't. Look, I'll give you the holding hands with him in the, in the bed. That was kind of nice. I didn't like the who's going to sleep with Zhen Zhen discussion that they had because uh, I was just not under the impression that she was talking about who wants to have sex with me. And their whole thing was who's going to have sex with her. Like, I think that was, where, that was where more did that come from? That was more him being who he was. But yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 it wasn't I, really I, needed. It wasn't needed. 
No, it wasn't. And they, like they're thirteen-year-old kids, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't like that. It sort of made me feel a little uncomfortable, and I really didn't like the hot in here <laughs> with the new clothes. It felt like, and what I, what I respect to an extent is that it was probably product placement of some sort that they were just like, you know what, we're going to be unashamed about this product placement and it's going to be like an actual commercial. So I, I kind of got that, but I, I didn't like it. Um, and the I only other say that I didn't like, I like the song. I like the song. The only other scene that I didn't like, and I know we see it in films all the time is when Darish was going into the car to get the key. And then the alien woke up and he, I got the key. I got the key. And they're like, turn around. Like he knows that he's like up against the clock. The alien's going to wake up. And he's like, what? No, I've got it. I've got it. It's like, no, it's, it's too much for me. It's the same as much. bumping the, the the radio on as well. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. Just, just, it's just yeah, one yeah. of those things that has to happen, doesn't it? To, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, my turn. Here we go. Here um, we go. I'm ready to laugh. The horrendous racial stereotypes throughout and the dialogue. Sure. The, the, sure. When Jen Jen's signing up at the camp and the, the camp leader, when he's like, you know, Niha, when... Um, you know, I love Jackie Chan. How does that ride? Like, it, it's not funny. It's not smart. It's something you would have seen in the 80s. And, and if they're trying to make an 80s film, and it doesn't make sense. Like, it was just not good. Yep. Yeah, um, it's certainly pushing the boundaries of what we should hope to see these days. But then again, like, I, I, I think there's a place. I think there's a... I personally think there's a place for movies and scenes. And this isn't the movie for it. Don't get me wrong. For things to be really politically incorrect, and we can, I, I, maybe, maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but that's, I, I do feel like, and that's why someone like, um, that's why people aren't going to make these sorts of movies anymore that we used to grow up and love and think they're hilarious. Like American Pie has aged horribly, but I, I hate to think that we're never going to have another American Pie. You know, I don't know. I get that, but that like we're in an age now where if you want to make jokes like that, you can be smart about it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just didn't seem right. Uh, and the same with a lot of um, Darish's, the sexual innuendo and comments for these are 13 year old kids. And, you know, it started off with him talking to that lady when she's collecting the phones and, and making a joke about putting in the box. And, you know, when you go down to the lake and he talks about motorboating, they weren't funny. It was like, they're, they're like, him, yeah, I don't know. They're just jokes that aren't funny. Uh, yeah, you know what was funny though about the boat is when she said that someone shit the boat. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. I was going to put that one in. Good. Um, I've already mentioned the movie lines. The the kids in that cop shop uh, when they rock up and they find that dude in the basement or whatever, but they they to work out that there's something wrong going on in the world. There's this printout like that they start reading about you know Asia and Europe have been destroyed. It looked like someone had done it on like Word 1995. It was like literally the the worst printout on a piece of A4 paper. Like surely you've got a props department that can make something that looks realistic. That was just woeful. Jesse, we spoke about the budget. They spent <laughs> yeah. all the budget on two scenes. <sighs> Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the the soldier that you know they trust this soldier with a key, and then he gets <laughs> blown up two seconds later, and his dialogue was. Uh, you know, he's dying and he's giving the key back to him and he says, you have to let me go. Take the key and promise me you won't let anything stop you. Oh, oh I nearly vomited in my mouth. It was that. That was supposed to be super corny though. Okay. Good on him. That was crap. Some of Zhen Zhen's dialogue towards the end really uh, grinded my gears. Like you can't choose family, but you can always make a new one. And I was just like, oh, gross. And then that whole idea with that pamphlet that she'd, bought with her to find the room of the world 
and, you know, she's talking to Alex about it and she's like, you know, um, I didn't bring the pamphlet here. It bought me and then burns it and then shows that photo of them all together saying, you know, this is why I'm staying. I was like, Oh, come on, come on. And then the, and then she makes another comment to Alex about being under the bridge and obviously she was doing it in Mandarin. So it was for a laugh, but you know, my whole life I've been searching for love and I knew it was you. They're 13 years mm. old. She hasn't lived that long a life. Really. Mm. <laughs> I'm starting to learn that this is a really difficult movie to defend. Oh, it was just bad. Anyway, the last, the last bit was near the end. They get to that um, intelligence base and the commander's on the video telling the kids what they need to do. And then um, Zhen Zhen, you know, speaks up or something and he goes, sorry, that sounded like a girl. I literally wrote F off. You, you, you like, what the, what the hell does that matter? How does that matter in any situation in the world? The commander that gave them the key in the star was female. The commander that's dead in the room is female. Why does it matter that she's female? It just really annoyed me. Yeah. You know what also annoyed me about that commander is as much as he's in charge and knows what he's doing, I don't think he would know every single step of what they needed <laughs> to do. I just don't think that he would be involved in the logistics side of it to that extent. Um, very your, your things are much more valid than my, my issues. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm done. What, what, are, what are, what's this movie? What are some themes, some ideas? Yeah, look again. Thematically, this wasn't what drew me to this movie in any way. But look, uh, there's a very clear delineation of, of uh, fighting for your fears, and obviously coming from one spot to another spot and, and overcoming those fears. But I think what it does best is the idea of working as a team, despite your differences that you might have, and, and what you can achieve when you do work as a team, and, and then that tying in really nicely to the fact that you know friendship can can basically come from the the people that you least expect it coming from so hard to uh, back up after that because yeah literally that idea of the teamwork leads to the friendship being different is okay and that idea too that coming overcoming your fears being brave using your own smarts not needing your parents to tell you what to do and don't underestimate kids mm. don't underestimate kids yeah, that's exactly. it yeah all right what did you take away from this film <laughs> I feel it a bit silly now, the, the real lukewarm reception that you've given it. Because, Sorry. <laughs> no, for me, I thought this part of the conversation might go a bit differently, but now I'm aware of where it might go. <laughs> I, I wish that I had watched this movie with other people. I, I think particularly a group of mates and, and maybe after and during a couple of beers, feeding off the energy of that stupid humour and then hopefully just rolling with that momentum. And I, I was going to say, this is... This is saying that I would like to do one day watching this movie. I, I won't invite you. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but if I was to recommend it, this is that's how I recommend it. I read a review uh, talking about how this is the perfect movie for like a slumber party for teenage kids. And then the review finished with uh, they'll be asleep by the end of the film. So um, <laughs> I, mean, uh, I, um, I think that this for me is another Netflix film that's really hard to target to cinema. So it's good that I found a spot on the streaming service because the main characters are 13 year old kids. The language, the references don't sit in this age bracket. So there's no way that this would have got a rating that would have allowed it to be seen by those types of kids. Well, it's like um, good boys a couple of years ago, right? That was, um, and one of the clever marketing things to add with that was Seth Rogen as executive producer talking to the actors saying, hey, you guys aren't actually allowed to watch this movie. It's like, what? We're in it. It's like, yeah, oh, sorry. That's the rating says you can't watch it. Like, So that's kind of the same sort of notion. That film was not necessarily targeted to that age group, though. That was, I think. Correct. Yeah. 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 All right. Was, um, this, was this targeted at 13-year-olds? I don't think this is targeted at least 16. Yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd have to. You'd have to think so. Um, what? Or did you jump onto IMDb? 
to check anything? I out? did for uh, for Darius, even though I was very very sure that it was um, Josh from Fear Street. But um, yeah, Benjamin Flores Jr. Very different character. <laughs> mm, very different. Uh, I didn't jump onto. I Google searched something because. Uh, this Darius, Darius talks about a Lithuanian smoothie. Um, so I'm not okay. going to explain what it is. Um, it's not safe for work. It's not safe for podcasting. Make sure you're signed out of um, all of your work accounts when you do Google search that if you're interested. But um, yeah. All right. I'm going to ask you once we uh, finish recording. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Do you have any questions that you wanted to ask? Uh, this will take the heat out of things. This is a very uh, non-related to the film kind of question. I was just like, summer camps aren't really a big thing in Australia. Do you think it's something that you would have liked as a kid? Um, I went to, this is uh, with one of our mutual friends back in high school, we used to have the, like Jesus camps um, right. <laughs> that our school put on um, during the summer break. So uh, I went to one of them. Well, no, I went to, I, I went to a couple of them, actually. Um, I'll put it out there. I, I haven't been to church since high school. So um, that's, that's the lasting impression that these camps left on me. But they, <laughs> they, do, um, they do have a good sense of like community and, you know, it, yeah, I, yeah. How long for? How long were you going for? Uh, one was like a week, I think. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, it's it's good fun to get out and do outdoor stuff mm. that you probably, you, probably, you know, you, you don't necessarily get to do, you know, you don't have a flying fox in your backyard or um, a big yeah. lake that you can canoe in and stuff like that. So it, it's a good experience for those sorts of things. I feel like in America, these things are obviously quite common and they're like, you go there for like, a lot of the summer like it's like weeks that you're there for and it's um everyone just kind of has their summer camp and has their summer camp buddies and things like that it feels like such a foreign thing but um yeah i don't mind the idea and so the parents can have a couple of weeks away themselves like, yeah, it's perfect what a great idea <laughs> it's a great idea <laughs> uh well i'm gonna bring it back down the other end it's about the camp too why would you name a summer camp room of the world is this another yeah. di- is this another dirty joke i I meant to check. I obviously did some Googling on the film, which made me type in the title. And I meant to check whether it was actually the name of a camp in some respect. I figure it wasn't, but um, I can't think of a reason why you would, Jesse. It, it feels dirty as soon as you, as soon as you hear the word, but mm. um, yeah. Okay. Any know. other questions? I got no more. No. Okay. Let's, uh, let's wrap this one up. And uh, we give a, the film a rating out of five and, and come together with an average. So this one could be a, an interesting one. Let's, <laughs> let's see, see where you're at. This is, I thought we'd be talking about this for an hour. I thought that, um, you know, I thought that I'd be sort of revisiting things. But I'm, uh, yeah, when we're talking bad about it, I was finding it really hard to defend it because there are a lot of issues. But I digress. I, I, I love, I love, an adventure movie where you go on a journey and and i love a movie with kids or teenagers going on an adventure i think it's to do with the fact that in my head i haven't really grown up so i still see myself very firmly in their shoes and if you get that right then i i kind of love a movie that can know exactly what it is and can have fun with the fact that it's very self-referential and, and as i said mcg does that really well and this movie has a bunch of holes and definitely skim past some details that could have made it more rounded and, and a lot tighter experience. But I still, I still enjoyed it for what it is. And I'm giving it three stars. It's definitely no less than three stars for me. I considered making it higher, but I feel very comfortable with the three that I've given it right now. Excellent. Good. I'm not, I'm not going to try and make you back away from that. So no, no, I think you've done a good job of explaining why you liked it. So, um, 
I hope I've done a good job of explaining why I didn't like it because, <laughs> but I did mention like the back end did come together quite nicely. Uh, but I, I lost, I was so lost in this way too early. Uh, the, the characters were so unlikable and they were never really given this chance because they had such a boring, monotonous journey that you knew they were going to be successful in that, you know, you, there was no point in this because you know that it was going to be achieved. So to me, I needed some more uh, speed humps throughout the film to, to to give me something more that there was some sort of a chance that this wasn't going to happen or one of the kids was going to die or something. If one of the kids died, I'd give this three stars too. Um, but <laughs> that's really that's really down, isn't it? But I'm going to give it a one and a half. <laughs> Out of five. <laughs> they almost died like three times. Yeah, we'll actually kill one. That would have been good. Um, <laughs> that gives us a 2.25 out of five average, which isn't too bad. Yeah. I forgot to mention this This movie actually reminded me of, um, it reminded me of being like a, a ride at Disneyland, but one of those, um, one of those like simulation rides, like you keep going from one thing to another. This is kind of how it felt with the aliens coming. I think, if, if, if Room of the World somehow gains some more popularity over the next couple of years, I think a theme park should jump on it. <laughs> Netflix yeah. theme park. Oh! Uh, exactly. We'll have a, a Brahmin Naman cricket net. We'll have, uh... oh, don't you dare talk about that movie. Don't you dare. I was thinking the other day, it's still the worst movie I've ever seen. It's the worst movie I've ever seen, Brahmin. When it's really hot, we'll, everyone will get pushed into like a theater with the aircon and you'll see a mascot's uh, cheerleading end of the day. <laughs> Why are you picking the bad film? I suppose you think Room of the World's bad. Because yeah, imagine yeah. if there was this like Okja was there and you could go visit like a real life Okja and, yeah, and watch not pigs get life. slaughtered. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, no, I don't think of the positives, Jesse. Sorry, sorry. This... <laughs> All right. We, uh, we have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram, we have social medias. Please like our posts, give us a follow if you can. The question, this leads on very well to what we've been talking about anyway. What's your favorite like 80s family film? It's a tough love, one. I love AT. I watched ET just by chance a couple of years ago. I rewatched it a couple of years ago. Man, it's it's such a good movie. Uh, I, 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 had Stand, a, I had ET as down well. as the first one I've got here too, and then Stand by Me was my second one. So <laughs> there you go. I only watched ET like three weeks ago, and you know, Gremlins, Goonies. There's there's so many uh, great, films yeah. that are so good that yeah, it's hard to to pick a favorite, but. Um, Watch those instead of this would be my suggestion. <laughs> yeah, well, they're not as good. Yeah, Room of the World's not in there, like. Um, oh, I'm not moving off this Netflix theme park idea. I'm going to keep working on this. I'm going to. I reckon we someone. could come up with an attraction for each film we've looked at. And um, I reckon our attractions might look very different. How fun would like an arc one be where you go back in time and. That would be a cool yeah, spinny, spinny ride. Yeah, that'd be cool. I'll oh, see um, you yesterday as well. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, we're digressing. We are. Uh, so. We're back again next week for another film, mm. and I know that you've seen this one. And this one. yeah, we're, we've got a 2019 rom com. It's always been my maybe. It's directed mm. by Nan Nacha Khan. It stars Ali Wong, Randall Park, James Sato, Michelle Bateau, Vivian Bang, Daniel Day Kim, one of my favorites, and Keanu Reeves, too. So that's what we've got next week. Keanu Reeves, too. So Keanu Reeves, the second. Yeah, son. No, um, sorry. I was just adding his name in because I should have finished with uh, Daniel Day Kim. He should have. He should have that last uh, last billing. I love that guy. Because uh, I lost. Yep. <laughs> oh, is he Hawaii Five O? Well? He was in Hawaii Five O too. Yeah. Well, a couple of Jesse specials. Exactly. A couple of my favorite shows. So uh, we're done. We are. Uh, we are we're finished for the episode. That was that was good fun. I'm I'm glad that we had a, a differing opinion because sometimes if we just say the same stuff, it gets boring. So that was good. 
Maybe we'll watch it together one day. Maybe we'll, we'll do it. What do you reckon? Maybe. Um, we could do a live podcast as we watch it. Um, that uh, that'd be fun. And just listening to you absolutely can it. All right. We'll, we'll, we might do that one day. Once uh, we're out of these restrictions in 2025, it'll be nice. Oh, God. I'm, I'm in for that. That's a great idea. All right. Well, um, thanks again. And uh, I'll see you next week. See you there, mate. Looking forward to it.